and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me here today, we have Zach Deets, as usual, and first guest on the show, Jay Markle. Jay, how are you doing today? It's my pleasure to be here. Um, I'm glad you asked me on. I haven't been on an NFL Draft podcast before, so uh, if this is a disaster... You guys can roast me, and that's fine. I'm just going to have some fun. That's the only way to do it. I believe this is not the first time I have been on a podcast with you, though. If I'm not mistaken, we were on a Tigers podcast years ago together. I think we were with – who was it? Oh, Chris Brown and Rogelio Castillo on the SRD podcast. Something along those lines. It is one of the first baseball podcasts I was ever on. So, pleasure to return the favor for you. Zach – we're uh, brothers in the injured quarterback rooms this week. How you holding up after this weekend? Um, I'm doing okay, man. Um, I didn't expect the Giants to win this past week. The only the thing, obviously, I don't want to you know water down the injuries on offense. Like hopefully Daniel Jones, Saquon, all those receivers get back healthy. I just don't want. I hope they come back quickly because I don't want Gettleman to get a mulligan. Is one of like I need that guy out of there, ASAP. I feel you, Kadarius Tony. Though he's looking legit right now. It kind of reminds me of that making making a lot of people look really dumb. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that Justin Jefferson situation last year. And I'm not expecting the same level of production out of him, but you you heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Kadarius Tony is the next Justin Jefferson. Yeah, that was my comp form coming out. Very similar players. No, but just the like uh, oh, this, yeah, you know, know first three weeks of no production. Everyone's kind of like, is wow, that was an awful first pick. I think drafted right around where each other was, and then all of a sudden, just back to back monster weeks. Reminds me of that a little bit. So at least there's something to be excited about there. So what we're gonna be talking say, about today? Sorry, go ahead. I will say, didn't mean to cut you off. I know we got to get into some edge rushers, but I will say it is very funny that the two. Rookie wide receivers and Jamar Chase and Kadarius Tony, two guys who had poor, you know, not really controversy riddled, but you know, kind of like was the preseason they had negative momentum, and they're balling out right now. So good on those guys. Don't trust the preseason. Yeah, never trust the preseason. That is the lesson that everyone learns multiple times, but has to be relearned every off season <laughs> when something confirms your priors. That being said, we're going to be talking about the edge class today. Going to go our top tens, run through a couple honorable mentions, similar to how we did with the QB and wide receiver classes. I like this edge class, man. Uh, it's it's it might be the best position group in the entire draft for me personally. I, I think there are quite a few guys, maybe even eight or nine guys, I could legitimately see winding up in the first round when it's all said and done. Am I out on a limb here? I, there was. 20 plus guys I like at least a little bit in this class. How are you guys feeling? I um, agree with you. I started watching um, the, the first guys I started watching. Most of them didn't end up making my top 10. Uh, and because I hadn't really dove into the edge group 
yet before I started watching this, which was uh, kind of intentional because I prefer to keep my opinions unadulterated until I can lay my eyes on a player. Um, I, I was sort of underwhelmed to begin with, but as I got into some of the better players, a lot of these guys I finished watching, I was like, wow, he's going to be my edge three or edge four, and was not. So, I'm proud of here, too. What about you, Zach? How do you feel about this class? I'm, I'm with you, Alex. I think this is an absolutely loaded class. Um, you know, it kind of makes up for the extremely poor interior defensive lineman class that, you know, it's basically DeMarvin Leal, and then there's a little mini tier with Jordan Davis, Perry on Winfrey, those guys, and it's kind of like that. But this edge got this edge class, like, I – as of right now, I've watched 24 guys. Not going to talk about them all today. 13 of them I have at least day two grades on. So it is an absolutely loaded class. And it's not only just deep with, like, day two talent. They're legit. There are at least four or five guys, in my opinion, that are, like, legit round one talent. So I'm super stoked to talk about it today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun class. I think we can all agree on that. Super loaded. I had a very hard time cutting down to the 10 personally. And I think you're probably in a similar boat. Like you mentioned, you've got 13 names with round or around three or better grades, I guess I should say. That being said, we got to dive into it because we got a lot to talk about today. I don't want us to go too long. Zach, we're going to start off with your edge 10. Who's just cracking the list for you? Okay. Well, who's just uh, cracking the list for me. I'm going to start things off with a guy who is on a team that, if the season ended today, would be in the college football playoff. That is Mr. MyJ Sanders, the Cincinnati edge. I have the uh, measurements up again, and let me just preface this by saying again, uh, appreciate, you know, risingdraft.com, you know, Jesse Frisch, all those guys. The they're the ones that provide these measurables for us, so I don't want to spew them out without, you know, giving them any credit. But my Jay Sanders, six foot five flat, two hundred and fifty-eight, timed at a four five six. We do have some measurables on him as well. Nine and a quarter inch hand, thirty-two and five eight arms, so not the best length, but an eighty and one eighth wingspan. I mean you know, the arm length is a little worrisome, but it's not a deal breaker for me. I look at a guy like Sanders, and there's a lot of guys that fit his profile in this class. You know, he's got, as I mentioned, like a pretty decent-sized base. You know, he's not extremely slender. I was a little worried about his athleticism before I dove in. I heard he wasn't really the quickest guy, and those concerns were brushed off right away. He really does have a nice first step. Um, he's coming into his own as a pass rusher. I just don't think he's that technically refined yet, guys. I I look at Majay Sanders, and he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Caleb on chase on that the Jaguars took around one. Someone that you really like rely on those like physical traits with. And, uh, you know, he's going to need a good defensive line coach. Um, in terms of like scheme, definitely think he could stand up. Ideally, though, I would probably want his hand in the dirt, you know, a 4-3 fit. But, you know... A guy with these physical tools and someone who could truly, like, puts in the effort. He hasn't had a great year this year. I don't believe he has a sack after having seven last year. And the pressure pressure rate has gone down as well. But Majay Sanders has those tools that make NFL coaches, you know, salivate. And, I mean, 
I'm pretty sure he'll get it going at some point. I'm pretty confident he'll be at least maybe like a, a round three pick. Yeah, I think for my Jay Sanders, you're definitely drafting the traits right now. And it's it's enticing. He does have, I, I wouldn't say like trouble zone length, but he doesn't have like that special length that would be the thing that would really set him over the top for me to go a little bit higher. Hands aren't that big, nine and one quarter. Not, again, not troublingly bad, but not exciting at all. Uh, so a little bit of concern there for someone who's missed as many tackles as he's missed in the run game. That being said, truly explosive freak athlete. I believe he was 20th overall on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which is maybe the best article of the entire offseason every year. Freaky athlete, all traits right now. Jay, I would let you get to him, but I'm going to let you get to him a little bit later down the list. I'm going to talk about someone that Looking right now, I don't see on anybody else's list, which surprised me a little bit. Number eight overall on Bruce Feldman's aforementioned freaks list, Jeffrey Gunter. I don't know if it's Gunter or Gunther. I don't know how to Gunther. say it exactly. I think it's Gunther. 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 That's the most boring way, but I live with it. <laughs> Coastal Carolina, which has a loaded team if you are scouting right now. I mean, they have some tremendous athletes on that team. And Gunther is definitely one of them. He is about 6'4", 260, good reach. I think 81 and 7 eighth inch arms, explosive, explosive athlete. Gets off the edge really well. 39-inch vertical, 365-pound uh, hang clean, no, no grips, no anything. I think it's rumored to have benched the uh, 225 30 times. Definitely going to be a hell of a combine performer. And he's also performing. I mean, not against the best competition ever at Coastal for someone his size and athleticism, but 11.8% pressure rate is 17th overall. He's got eight QB hits. He's performing really well. It's not quite showing up in the stat line as much as you might hope so. He does have four sacks, six tackles for loss, but he's getting pressure on the quarterback at a highly consistent rate. Tremendous athlete, hits all the baselines, and I think he's someone that is going to get drafted fairly highly as a result. Anyone else seen Gunther? I watched Gunther, um, and you were you were pretty spot on with those measurements, Alex. Um, only nine inch hands, but a little bit longer than my J thirty three and an eighth inch arms. You got the uh, wingspan down pat. I watched Gunther. I wasn't really a big fan. I feel like we disagree there, which is fine. Um, I'm not sure. We'll get to Jay in a little bit. See if he got some eyes on him. But I look at a guy like Gunther and just felt like he played a little upright. And you know, I've heard the. Um, hype about his athleticism it didn't really pop out on tape to me i felt like he was a little deliberate maybe it was just his play style i was only able to watch about two games of him broadcast tape if i'm being honest so i definitely need a better look at him but this edge class is so loaded like you know i don't think he's a bad player per se but i definitely have him more in like that round four or five range after watching him i can get where you're coming from for sure he's just for me someone that i think once he gets out of sight of Coastal, he might be a different player with NFL coaching. Whereas there are some other players that I have concerns about whether they'll be getting better coach when they move. Jay, did you see or have anything you want to say about Gunther or should we move on to your number 10 overall? Dealer's uh, choice. I, I was only able to watch one game of him, um, so I'm not going to put my foot down too hard. But I, I didn't care for him either. I agree with Zach. Um, he, he does have some obvious traits. His reach was nice. Um, and I... I thought he got off the line pretty fast. That kind of reminded me of Marcin. 
or when it comes to their position, their play style, etc. But they're both really good athletes who seem to not understand how to use their athleticism at all. It just just from from my watch. So um, I'd be a little scared in taking him just because he has bad habits uh, regarding how, like Zach said, he exposes himself to blocks. Um, and and I don't know. I I would be concerned about needing to train things out of him uh far too much to put him in the top 10 especially because of how deep this class is that's fair that's a fair criticism i i, I get where you guys are coming from 100 percent. and in a class with a ton of athletes someone's gonna have to fall down it could be gunther we'll see number 10 overall last but not least jay who's number 10 on your list this is not going to be a popular take whatsoever um but I stand right, by it because it's what I saw. I, I have at number 10, Kingsley. And sticking Aguari. to his guns. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. What's the point in watching your own film if you're not going to stick to what you see? I'm happy to be proven wrong with with further tape. <laughs> if, I, if, if I'm wrong, good for him because I like everyone to succeed. But Kingsley and Agbari, I, <laughs> I thought, obviously he had some good traits because a lot of people like him. You, you know, you can't fake it to that degree. I liked him uh, as a weak side defender um, in pursuit, cutting across the face. I, I appreciated that he didn't bite too much on motions and fakes. He kept his eye on what the play was and was good at diagnosing the offense. And uh, I appreciated that at times he was able to put the, the line sort of clock it in that way. But what I didn't appreciate is that I didn't exactly see a top gear on his motor. Um, he he has kind of one gear that he plays to, and it's not super high. Uh, it's not a deal breaker, but it's it's just something that's a little concerning to me. I also thought his reactionary quickness was mediocre. He does have good control over his explosiveness, which is to say that um, he can outweigh a lineman if they're going to be doing some sort of a cutback or a fake, trying to block him with a tight end or something. But um, I, once he gets engaged, that lineman, he disengages kind of poorly a, just, just from what I saw, I didn't really think that his positive traits could outweigh those negative traits to the extent uh, to put him higher on my list. So he's definitely draftable, and I would say draftable on day two, but there are a lot of guys in this class that I like more than him for those reasons. Well, I think we'll save uh, what Zach and I are going to talk about Enigvari for a little bit later. His name's going to keep coming up, but... Uh... Hey, he cracked your top 10, not going to knock you too much. And I love the fact that you are sticking to your guns right out of the gate. They are coming out fiery. You love to see it. Gets everyone else fired up. Let's go. I think we'll jump into what is number nine for both Zach and myself, Boye Mafe. Fun little athlete out of Minnesota. I believe he checked in at number 17 overall on the uh, Feldman's Freak list over here. Zach. I'll let you start off Boye Mafe before I get to him a little bit. Yeah, no problem. So Boye Mafe, uh, fifth-year senior, Minnesota, six foot four, flat, 263, 457. So this is a very good athlete, as Alex alluded to. Nine and three-quarter hands, 33-inch arms, 81-and-a-half wingspan. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy's going to test absolutely ridiculously. And I really like his tape. Um, you know, I watch Mafe. Over the summer, I caught some of his 2021 action, and 
you know, I definitely think he's taken some steps as a pass rusher. You know, I give him the nod over Maje Sanders because I feel like Mafe's a little more technically refined. Like you definitely see more in his pass rush repertoire. Like you love, I appreciate his effort when cutting to the inside. Um, he's a he's like a prototypical edge. I really feel like he has a good skill set to be able to play in either a three four or a four three defense. Uh, the one concern I do have with Mafe is that his run defense is not that good. You know, he whiffs a lot in the run game, in my opinion. The football IQ in that department needs to get up a little bit on uh, motion runs. He's not really the eyes kind of like flutter here and there. But overall, like, we're talking about edge rushers. And uh, not to get all pff here, but obviously pass rush is more important than run defense. And Mafe is a way better pass rusher than he is a poor run defender. So I really like him. He's definitely in that day two range for me as well. Alex, uh, what do you think about him? Yeah, I like him a ton as well. And I think edge almost as much as any position there is, you have to have the traits. It doesn't mean that you're going to succeed hundred percent of the time if you have the traits, but if you don't have them, it is really hard to succeed. And Mafe definitely has traits. He's got the reach. He's got absurd speed. He's got the size. He's got, I believe, a, expected to be a 40-plus inch vertical as well. So definitely explosive. He's got the twitch. Definitely needs technical refinement. I think that when he is on time off the snap, there are not very many offensive linemen in the college level that are going to stop him. I think he needs to get more consistent with that. Obviously, needs to be more consistent in the run game. But in terms of things that you cannot coach, he has all of them. And with his background being someone who is late to football and kind of being somewhat hidden away in Minnesota, both in high school and in the college level, I think it's more excusable for him to be a little bit behind than it would normally be for a fifth year senior. So I'm willing to overlook a little bit of those with him and just trust the absolute athlete he is. He draws pretty rave reviews for his off the field, way he carries himself, how he is a competitor, how he is as a, as a hard worker everything like that. And I just really like him. And I'm kind of willing to gamble on what he could be and just accept the fact that maybe he's just third down specialist. I can live with that. And especially like late day two, I'm very happy to live with that. So I like Mafe a lot. Jay, did you see uh, boy Mafe at all? I did. Uh, I think he'd probably wind up around 13, 14, somewhere in that area for me. So he's not too far off the top 10. Um, I, I agree with you that, uh, when he times the snap right, uh, there are few tackles who can beat him. But that that sort of hitch in his get off uh, was very concerning to me, as well as the fact that when um, he gets engaged with a powerful lineman, that he has some difficulty uh, dealing with that power. So just between those things, it pushed him down a little bit my list. But uh, if he doesn't have too many obstacles and he times the snap right, it's going to be a problem for the quarterback and definitely would get a draftable grade from me. Yeah. Hard to knock you for that day. I think it's really realistic. It just comes down to how much do you trust what he could be as compared to what he is now for all of us. And I think we're a little bit higher Zach and myself on what he could be down the line, but Hey, a lot of these picks turn out to be misses and big misses at the NFL level. So I definitely get where you're coming from. You have someone different at number nine. Uh, you want to dive into Isaiah Thomas at all. Uh, not the basketball player. Either basketball player. Yeah. Shout out you sure. dub legend. I'd love to. Isaiah Thomas as well. 
fellow five foot seven. <laughs> it's an odd to Zach. I don't know. I'm just, don't worry about that, Jay. Extremely disrespectful, but all right. <laughs> I'm fully aware of what you're talking about. I just I got a little scrambled there for a second. Um, Isaiah Jackson, I think, is probably my guy in this class. He has an unbelievable motor. He plays like the Tasmanian Devil. I mean, it's like it's like a pipe bomb coming out of the line of scrimmage. Sometimes that works to his detriment. Sometimes he'll run in his eagerness to get to the quarterback. He'll run directly into a double team or you know do a, have a problem like that. But almost every coach, uh, especially defensive coaches, would rather have to tune a guy down than tune a guy up. Um, so that I really appreciate that. It's more of an aesthetic thing than an eval thing, but it's definitely what pops off the tape immediately. Uh, he's also strong enough to pop, to push just about any offensive lineman into the quarterback's lap. And once he gets into the pocket, he's very disruptive um, just to the quarterback's processing because he plays with such a, almost frenetic energy. Uh, once he gets in that quarterback's line of sight, it's very difficult for the quarterback to pay attention to anything else. So, uh, I, I really appreciated his ability to interfere with quarterback play without even laying a hand on the quarterback. Uh, um, obviously, there are problems with his. The reason people are generally guy, uh, tweener, I think he probably ends up as a three tech at the NFL level um, because his his body composition and his play style are closer to that type of player. Um, but that sort of pass rushing interior defensive lineman is just what the NFL is loving right now. Uh, he also can handle double teams kind of poorly. Um, I don't think he has a great plan when it comes to how to deal with it when two guys are on him, but overall uh, I love the motor. I love the disruptive potential. And I think he's going to be um, surprising when people actually watch him on film, how just how much, what a delight he is to, to, to watch play. You're muted, Alex. <laughs> Zach, I'll let you dive into Isaiah Thomas first. I know he's in both of our honorable mentions, so kind of get a chance to kill two birds with one stone here. Let's start it off. Yeah, I mean, we'll just touch on him lightly because we are uh, we got a lot more to talk about. But I definitely agree with Jay. It's actually kind of funny you brought that up, Jay, because, you know, I initially created Isaiah Thomas as a uh, IDL because I felt like he could put on some weight, maybe play a little 3-4 end, you know, as a three technique. He's definitely better rushing from the inside, but he's been really, really good this year. Plays with a lot of power, plays with a lot of finesse. He's a very well-rounded player, and he does not look that when you first put put on the game film. So I appreciate Isaiah Thomas. Like I said, this edge class is so good. Kind of the same thing with Jeff Gunter. I like Isaiah Thomas more than Gunter, but it's such a good edge class that, um, you know, these aren't bad players because they're not in our top 10. We just like other people more. Yeah. And I think that fits in exactly how I feel about Isaiah Thomas as well. So, I won't waste the listeners' time here and let Jay jump in with his number eight overall edge prospect in this class. Jay, who's cracking number eight for you? Uh, I had Brenton Cox there. Um, Brenton Cox is a, a Florida Gator, and I am a Florida Gators fan, so homerism might I. be a fair accusation. But um, uh, what were you going to say, Zach? I'm sorry. I said, as am I. 
Oh, I see. Yes. You are, you are also one of the good guys. Uh, yes. However, I, I thought that he demonstrated more power than I'd initially expected. Uh, when he gets on his man, he, he's able to just explode into his chest. I like how he stays low most of the time. Not every time, but most of the time. He's also been very productive this year. Um, and for a, a former five-star to take a distinct leap in productivity is encouraging to me. Um, there, there is some technical refinement left to go. But I, I, I don't know. There's not a ton to say about him. More than that, um, he does have traits that I like. I think what's concerning to me about him is that uh, he doesn't display uh, refined pass moves, um, but the, the seeds are there. And I think with, a, with NFL reps, he's going to turn into a much better player than he is right now. He has the athletic traits. He has the pedigree. He has a productivity. He just needs a little more polish, and he's going to be a productive, if, maybe if not flashy, but a productive NFL player. Zach, some quick thoughts on Brenton Cox uh, as yeah. a fellow Gators um, fan. You know, him and the other Florida Edge, Zachary Corner, both in my honorable mention list as well. I actually feel like they're very similar. I think they're neck and neck in my grades. I probably like Zachary Carter a little better just because I feel like he's a little more technically refined. But agree with a lot of what Jay said, you know, um, in terms of uh, Brenton Cox Jr., you know, there's some off-the-field issues there. I believe he's a Georgia transfer. Um, he's just solid all around, man. Like, he needs to refine his skill set as a pass rusher a little more, but, you know, he's not going to kill you. And I look at him, and listen, if you need, like, a depth edge in, like, fringe top 100 early round four, like, Brennan Cox is your guy. And he's got the ceiling to be a little better. We, I feel like us Gators fans have been waiting for him to just, you know, play just a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't really complain that much from the uh, edge group this year. They've done a really good job. But, yes. Yeah, Brenton Cox for me, former five-star George Chancellor, like you mentioned. He's someone that saw his first couple years, and especially his first year at, George, at Florida, pardon me, and I was excited about him a little bit, like, okay, Wait until he takes that next step this year. Haven't seen it personally. And I think he's someone who is kind of average everywhere, but that's not how you make an impact at the NFL level for me. I want to see someone who's a specialist or above average, at least in one area. Uh, so for me, he's kind of a guy that's at the end of a depth chart and I'm not as excited about. But that being said, some traits are there. I, I just have had a little hard time putting him over a lot of the other names in this class. And Zach, at his eighth overall, had a guy that uh, I hate to love, unfortunately, as a UW fan who uh, had to watch him go up against our offensive line this year. Uh, Zach, who do you have at number eight? Not a name that I feel like is getting talked about as much as he should be right now. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I I finished watching his tape today, and I'm really sold on this kid, man. Um... The other Michigan defensive and David Ajabo, I hope I'm saying that correctly. We don't have measurements on him, but uh, Michigan lists him six foot five, two fifty, and I believe Giraffe Scout has him running a four six seven. I think he'll be a little faster than that. But uh, Ajabo, um, he's a Scotland native, moved to the United States in two thousand and seven. Um, Actually, my bad. Born in Nigeria, he had actually moved to Scotland, came to the United States almost 15 years ago, and redshirted last year, 
barely got any playing time. Apparently, I think he played less than 50 snaps, 26 actually. So he played 26 snaps last year. And he's come out guns a blazing this year, guys. I mean, uh, his Wisconsin, his Wisconsin tape is might be one of the five best performances by an edge that I've watched all combined summer and this year. I mean, the first step is great. He's much more refined than I thought. I thought he had really good pass rush moves. The speed around the edge, he didn't really display his bend as much as I, you know, wanted to. We haven't really used that word a lot, but uh, yeah, he's not. A, he didn't display that bend as much, but um, you know, he has that speed to get around the tackle. He completely burned Logan Brown at least twice in that game. Like it was actually embarrassing for Wisconsin, and the run defense is solid. He. The thing I really like about Ajabo is that not only is he new to football, but as I said before, he didn't even play 30 snaps last year for Michigan. He's a starter this year, and he's balling out. So, obviously, you look at that trajectory, and obviously progress isn't linear, but he's super intriguing. It was hard for me to find holes in this game, in his game. My apologies, misspoke. But um, if he keeps it going, I mean, there's – Listen, he's been super productive. This is going to sound insanely hyperbolic, but we're going to get to the other Michigan guy soon, Mr. Aiden Hutchinson. Ojabo could go pretty high as well. Maybe not as high as Hutchinson, but I don't think top 50 is out of the mix if he keeps it up and plays as good as he's been playing. And obviously I've seen Ojabo as well. Um, I don't think I'd ever really actually started scouting him officially watching all 22 until you mentioned that you were watching him right now. I just kind of caught him in the UW game. He's a fun player, man. He's a fun player. He's kind of got a similar build. It looks like to me to a Thibodeau Drake Jackson type player. That's what he looks like a bit in pads to me. Definitely got some speed off the edge. Definitely still learning how to time snaps, but when he does, sometimes it's very freaky, very good bend when he gets, when he puts it all together, bend lateral movement, Frontline speed, everything's there. Former track star, also a soccer player. It's kind of a unique background. I, I think for me, he's a guy who I'm really looking at for the 2023 class, not as much 2022 class. But that being said, if he continues to grow as season goes on, he could come out early and go very early. If not, I do think he has a chance to wind up a first-round player in next year's class as well. I like him quite a bit. Number eight overall for myself, I had Zach Harrison, Ohio State, former five-star. I think he was number 12 overall recruit in the class. And if you're talking just pure traits, not like traits that you see on tape, but if you're reading a list and just listing out traits, he probably has the best traits in this edge class, which is saying something with guys like Kayvon Thibodeau and other people in this class, just some absurd, absurd measurables. When you when you really boil it down, I believe uh, – let me see what I had pulled up here. So Harrison has 6'5 and a half, 268, uh, 4.52 expected 40 time, which is just absolutely, absolutely absurd. 35 and three-eighths – or pardon me, 35 and three-quarters inch – uh, arms 86 inch reach which is absolutely bonkers absolutely bonkers over 10 inch hands i believe i don't have that one written down somewhere up there he's gotten better each year 
has not shown up in the stat line, and he's still putting it together from a pass rush perspective. I want to see someone with these traits, these measurables, working with, uh, I believe it's uh, Larry Johnson over in Ohio State on the D-line. I want to see more production from him. I want to see him be more polished. That being said, I mean, if he puts on some smoke as the season goes on, he's going to go first round. He might go first round anyways because you just can't find these traits. These are not every year traits. You do not have one of these guys in every class. And that is saying something at the edge position. So it's tough. It's tough to evaluate him for me. The, the production is more like fourth, fifth round. And the traits are easy, easy top 10. So I have a hard time with him overall. I like him a lot. And I kind of hope he's a Seahawk just in case it clicks. Because if it does click, you have a legitimate star on your hands. Uh, I know everyone else has Harrison on their list as well, so I'll let them talk about them in a second. But I'll start it off with Zach. He's number seven overall. Pretty natural segue here. Yeah, I was going to say my number seven guy is Zach Harrison. I'm definitely a little higher on him than you. You know, you listed the measurables. I mean, this guy is like built in a lab. I mean, he's basically this class is Montez Sweat, if you think about it like that. I do think Harrison is scheme versatile. Weird thing about what uh, the weird thing when I watch Harrison, I thought his stance was a little weird. Like it's not a very natural athletic stance. Like his back is a little hunched over and stuff. You know, the probably has to do with you know his lankiness or not lankiness, just his overall length. But Harrison, you know, I don't think I feel like you're not get, giving him as much credit as a you know pass rusher. To be honest, Alex, um, the sack numbers aren't there, which are which is super disappointing. But I look at a guy like Zach Harrison and, you know, he gets into backfield a lot. You know, he's very active with his hands. He's not a guy who struggles at the uh, point of attack. You know, he'll go right through you. He'll go, you know, cut inside, cut to the outside. He's got the speed to turn around. But I agree with you. You know, if he puts everything together, I went into this year thinking this guy could be at least number two behind this class. And number one, I mean, we'll, we'll get to him later. I'm pretty sure we all know who that is. But, um, you know, Zach Harrison puts all those traits together. I mean, you could have a special, special player on your hands. I really like the Montez Sweat comparison for him. And, you know, he's a guy who I definitely have a day two rate on just based on those traits. I think he's kind of getting a little underrated as a pass rusher. And hopefully he goes to a team similar to my Jay Sanders that has a good defensive line coach could that could develop him because he could be a scary player in the future. Yeah. I don't think anyone would deny that the ceiling is pretty much out of this world. I honestly think that if he was playing at like Missouri or something where they don't have arguably the best defensive line coach in the entire world, I would be a little bit higher on him. I think I'm just a bit more concerned because he hasn't had that quick production and year to year progression I would expect to be a little bit stronger with a coach like Larry Johnson. But Tracer out of this world. My number seven overall is uh, another kind of Tracy over current skill set guy, Drake Jackson, the other Drake from USC. Good player. Good player. Switched outside linebacker. I believe he was an edge his first year at USC. Having a nice season. He looked better this year. I will say that. Uh, 6'4", 250, 4.6540, decent, decent length, looks good in pads. 
needs some technical refinement. Needs technical refinement. He has, I believe, three sacks, uh, four tackles for loss so far in six games. It's looked fine. He does everything a little bit well. He definitely has the athleticism to be a very good player. I think that he has a real chance to go in the uh, first round if everything clicks. I think especially if he starts to progress. That being said, I just want to see some of his traits look a little bit better in against Pac-12 competition, and he hasn't quite been there for me. Uh, I'm a little bit lower on him than everybody else, but he's a player who could be a good player quite a bit. I just, it's a risk for me. And uh, I'm going to pass it off. Jay, who do you have as your number seven overall edge in this class? I think this is probably my biggest unintentional hot take. Um, because like I like I said, I what didn't really do much reading on this class before I looked at the film. And then after I watched, I did do that reading. I really don't understand why people have this guy so high. I've got... Uh, George Karloftis as my number seven edge in this class. And I understand why, what, like I, I get what draws people to him. He's my number seven. I put him over some guys who I really like. He has that just freight train power. He can, pu- he can push around linemen at will. And once he gets into that pocket, he's devastating. I, I'm concerned about the fact that there's a very narrow path to success for him. And that if anything goes wrong in his development, he's not going to be the player that you want him to be, especially putting in the commitment with the draft capital you're going to have to put in to get him in this class. Um, he's, he's definitely a good player. I have no doubt about the fact that he is one of the best edges in this class, but I would be very nervous about investing a first-round pick in him, and that's what a team is going to have to do to get him on their squad. I think he exposes himself to blocks far too easily. And I do not enjoy the fact that he's not super mobile laterally, which cuts down on his, um, his upside as a run defender. Obviously, as a pass rusher, you prefer the pass rush upside. And he does have it, but that needs to click. It needs to click against uh, NFL offensive linemen. Because if it doesn't, that's going to look real bad in three years. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty strong hot take for me. I, uh, I'm i a big, big fan of Carl Loftus, so I might be hot taking the other way. But uh, I'll get to him later. Zach, you want to talk about Carl Loftus now, or uh, do you want to get to him in your own time? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get to him in a little bit, so so we'll wait on that. We'll wait on that. Okay, okay. In that case, since he's already been talked about, let's bring him up. Jay, you're number six overall. Who you got? Right there, I've got Drake Jackson at number six. Um, I like his traits. Uh, I, I like about Drake Jackson the fact that he gets off the line of scrimmage fast and that he's an absolute terror in the backfield. Uh, he chases quarterbacks around and persecutes them relentlessly once he's able to get a shot at them. Um you mentioned that he wasn't the strongest and it's obviously a good idea to move him out to that outside linebacker. I don't think he's scheme versatile enough to move in to a four, three scheme. If um, the team who picks him prefers that sort of thing, but it, you know, it might, it might work out. Uh, For some reason, they other uh, opposing teams would try to block him with a wide receiver, running back, a tight end, 
at a kind of higher percentage than they do other edge rushers. And that's a bad idea because he's not strong enough to consistently beat offensive linemen on power alone, but he just destroys skill players when they try to block him with, with those kind of guys. Um, he does need a lot of refinement. The traits are definitely there, but uh, once he gets into the NFL, um, he, he needs to get better at something. And I don't care whether it's uh, being a, a more powerful linebacker, uh, more powerful edge rusher. I don't care if it's being more refined in his pass rush maneuvers. I don't care if it's being more refined in coverage, but he has to get better at something because as it is right now, I don't know if he has that trump card. He definitely, though, has the attributes in place to eventually develop that trump card um, because because once he gets those reps under his belt, the athleticism is going to take over and not many guys are going to be able to keep up with him in that regard. Yeah, that's pretty similar to ICM. You just have him a little bit higher listed than I do, but that's pretty much the same things that I see with him. My number six overall guy that has not been talked about yet and uh, appears might be off of you guys. Blows my mind. Nick Benito, the uh, edge slash linebacker. He's, he's a true three, four linebacker out of Oklahoma phenomenal phenomenal pure pass rusher for me does very well in the run game as well not a big guy six two and a half 240 kind of small reminds reminds me a lot of zach bond coming out of wisconsin center build which zach thinks is hilarious apparently over there i think he's a more explosive version of him personally i thought you were gonna say me when you said like small and then i heard zach. yes he reminds me a lot of zach deets except for uh very, very, very different. Just in that he's great at what he does. That's the similarity to Zach Deese right there. A little cherry for you. <laughs> but uh, six, two and a half, 240, built more like a linebacker, plays more like a true stand-up edge. It's a kind of a weird situation there. Probably the best in the class, at least in college, at getting pressure. I don't know if there's anyone else that can do it as well as he has. 14.3 pressure percentage right now. That's second overall in the entire class, first among Power 5 by a fairly wide margin. 36.5% win rates. Similarly, second overall in the class, first by a wide margin for Power 5. Done very well in, in the run game this year. That's been a huge area of improvement for him. The stats don't fully show how dominant he's been. He has seven and a half tackles for loss, four sacks in two fumble recoveries in five games. Nothing too crazy right there. He's definitely been getting pressure at a higher rate than that. He's someone, when he's on the field, he's making that quarterback get the ball out of his hands quickly. Just a really good pass rushing attack for me. He's really good at getting off blocks and getting off block quickly by being first to contact somehow. I wish I had his arm and hand measurements. I don't. I don't have those. That's something that could drop him a little bit for me. A 4-6-4-40 is very solid, but is not game-changing. That being said, he's just one of those guys, when you watch him, feel to get after the quarterback. I don't think there's anyone in this class that is on his level at just the feel for how to be a pass rusher, and I think that will translate to the next level. Definitely wins the leverage battle all the time. I like him a lot. I like him a lot, and I'm uh, a bit surprised that he's not on either of your lists. So, Zach, defend yourself here. Why, why are you doing this? Why are you giving them this, this soundbite right here? This, this motivation, this uh, little uh, 2024 takes exposed fodder right now. Okay, so one, rude. Second, 
I'm just not a big Nick Benito fan, man. Like, I get the pressure. That's cool and all that. He's a really good college pass rusher. Incredibly undersized. He's only like 230 pounds. So his ceiling's already limited in terms of a three-down roll. Confirm 240. Okay, so he's probably going to play like 235. But anyway, um, I was stunned when I watched his tape. As someone as small as he was, how poor his lateral agility is. I thought he did not play with great power. And the run defense, I mean, I can I love you, man. I completely disagree with you there. I thought he was really, really bad as a run defender, which, I mean, it's to be understood. I mean, he's playing edge at 230 pounds. I'm not knocking the guy. Listen, I don't hate Nick Benito, but I feel like he is an old – he's a specialist. He's a guy that – he reminds me a lot of the hype that went around another Oklahoma – edge rusher a few years back on the Rams now, Ogbonio Okoronkwo. You know, a lot of people liked him in the first round. You don't remember Okoronkwo? He's on the Rams right now. I do. It's just not who I expected you to say. I, I expect you to go with someone who got drafted last year. Oh, who? Just out of curiosity. Who? Oh, shit. Sorry, I was muted. Oh, I'm uh, now I'm blanking on his okay. name. Uh, he went to into the Patriots. Uh, Perkins. Oh, no. Um, yeah, per, I mean, two completely different builds. At least Ronnie Perkins had some, uh, you know, girthiness to him. A little big. But, yeah, I mean, Benito, he's just like a specialist to me. Really good college player. Really, you know, he's good at getting in the backfield. I'll give him that. He finds a way. I'm just not super high on his NFL future. I, have I get where you're coming from on that. The one thing I will say on there where I don't agree with the speed to power I think is actually solid for him I do agree. He's not a he's not a surprisingly good lateral mover for his size. I, I completely agree with you there. He's a straight line guy. He's he's kind of a straight line banger. So I will agree with that. Moving on, Zach, you're number six overall. Someone that's been talked about that uh, we might have thrown a little bit of shade for. Might have thrown a little bit of shade for. So uh, let's explain why we're right here. Yeah, I mean my number. My number six guy is Kingsley Enoch Bowery. I forgot if we went over the measurements. I'm sorry, but I'll just read them off again. Uh, six foot four, flat two sixty five. Projected to run a four seven eight. I find that is uh, not accurate. He's definitely going to run faster than that because he is a great athlete. Ten and a half inch hands, nearly thirty five inch arms, and an eighty and three eight wingspan. Um, you know, I watched Enoch Bowery, Boye Mafe, and my my Jay Sanders back to back, and Enig Bari stylistically is very similar to my Jay Sanders. The only difference I see with him is that he finishes plays a lot. Enig Bari, you know, he pressures the backfield more. He definitely has a more diverse skill set, good pass rush moves. He has a really good um, rip and pull move. He's really coming into his own. And as a pass rusher this year for the Gamecocks, you know, I believe he's been pretty productive. I'm sh- I think he has like four sacks. Or something like that. So he's definitely been, you know, getting his numbers up. Uh, the run defense has looked much improved. That was a big problem for him last year. And I think that gives him the edge over some guys like Maje Sanders and Boye Mafe as well in that group. Um, you know, he's a good athlete. You know, well-rounded, scheme versatile. And I just, <laughs> to be quite honest, I really like his game. feel like he does a lot of things well. High ceiling guy. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I'm just going to go ahead and talk about him, too, just to kind of get it out of the way here. I am the highest on Enigbar. I have him fourth overall in the class. Like you mentioned, just tremendous size. Outside of Harrison, he's got some of the best reach in the class. Very, very, very big. Quicker than you'd expect, for sure. He's definitely got NFL athleticism. Uh, 12% pressure rate is uh, top 15 among all all players um, in the college level right now. 10 QB hits is third overall, so he's definitely getting after the quarterback right now. Run defense, tremendously improved. And I think the most impressive thing for me was he had his best game against that Georgia offensive line. He was phenomenal in that game, and that was the big thing I was looking for. For me, he's someone coming into the year where I thought he was all traits, and I was excited to see how it played out and maybe he could jump. He's jumped way more than I thought was possible. I, I think he's really, really looked like a different, better player this year, which makes me curious. Jay, I'm going to push this to you. I know you're watching tape. I know where you're watching tape from. Do you know when you were watching tape from? Was it 2020 or 2021? Yeah, I was seeing 2020 tape. They didn't have any 2021 available. And that makes complete sense to me. So I think I, I, if you get a chance, watch some 2021 tape because I feel like he's a very different player this year than he was. I think I would have been right where you are, maybe even lower this time last year. Uh, you know, that's fair. Um, and I will do that if I get the chance. I do want to say, I know I already said my piece on him. I think I forgot to mention, though, that I completely agree with Zach uh, that his rip and pull move is admirable and that that serves him to his benefit uh, pretty often. So I don't want to fail to give him some credit where he's due on that. And I will definitely make that a, a project just playing one day. Love it. We're going to have to get you back to hear about that. Number five overall. Jay, since I just took a shot at you, you need to go first here. Who is the fifth overall edge rusher in this class in the eyes of Jay Markle? I've got Zach Harrison there. Um, I really, really enjoyed Zach Harrison's tape. I will admit that there are some distinct areas of lack in his game. Um, I think he could have finished as high as number two for me if there weren't such obvious gaps. Um, he, I think that the biggest one is that he struggles to finish off pockets. He routinely beats offensive tackles off the snap. Routinely, almost every time. It's very hard to beat him off the line of scrimmage. But once he gets that three steps in and it's time to turn and finish the pocket, uh, he can't seem to pull it off for whatever reason. Um, and I'm not sure if that's uh, tightness. I'm not sure if there's something to do with um, his lack of distinct pass rush maneuvers. But the the when it's time to finish off the rep, that's where he struggles. Um, and as a result, the quarterbacks are not always intimidated by him. However, I just really enjoy uh, the physical traits a lot, and evidently a lot more than you did. Um, his burst off the line of scrimmage and three-step speed, like I said, was incredible. Um, I, I appreciated how active his hands were. I thought he was he did a good job at swatting away uh, attempts to grab at him um, by the offensive lineman. Uh, I, I think that's a, a sort of an underrated trait when it comes to edge rushers in general. Uh, being able to prevent engagement in the first place in, instead of having to fight your way um, out of a out of a being grabbed. Um, and I, I thought he was also able to do that speed to power conversion 
um, that, that some speedy guys struggle with. Another thing that I noticed is how ball hungry he was. Just no matter what, he would always make that last ditch effort to get to the ball. It didn't matter if he was on the ground, if he was, if he was still engaged, if he was on the totally wrong side of the play uh, as a weak side defender. If, if the ball was about to pass him, he'd always make that last ditch effort. That doesn't move the needle a lot on the eval, but it really demonstrates how much fire he has as a player, not just in his uh, uh, physical ability, but also mentally. Um, he obviously has that desire to do do well, and you love to see that out of, out of a defensive player. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest area for him to improve outside of uh, that ability to finish off pockets is his balance, especially against double teams. There were too many reps in which he ended up on his back or, or on his stomach because the, the offensive lineman was able to shove him around, um, especially on defensive teams. He does not have that, that sturdy base uh, to, to get out of a jam. So definite room for improvement. I just, I guess I got a little more starry-eyed than you did when it comes to the potential. Because if he puts it together, that's going to be a difficult player to ignore in any setting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think he did a good job breaking it down right there. He, I think that it's pretty clear from this that we all agree the what he could become is just a phenomenal player. And so it's going to be one of those guys that everyone is sitting in the room like, okay, I hope my team gets this guy. Because you know you might get a top 10 edge rusher. It just could happen. And that's really exciting. Zach, you're number five overall. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, gonna go with the Greek, the Greek, Mister uh, Karlaftis. I wish I remembered his real first name. It's some. I'm, Yaros. You can look, Yaros. Yeah, yes, Yaros Karlaftis. <laughs> but uh, goes by George. Six foot four, two eight, two seventy five, four seven seven. Uh, listen, the story of Karlaftis is easy to follow if you. You know, follow college football. The guy was like absolutely like ridiculous his freshman year. Like he had fifty-five pressures as a freshman. Fifty-five. Like that is insane. Um last year, you know, he dealt with COVID and some lower body injuries. But um this year he's been looking pretty good. Not at that same pace as his freshman year, but he's still really good. Listen, I think Carlaftis. These guys, let me just preface this by saying, one to five on my list, these guys are probably all top 30 players for me. So we're getting to, like, top-notch talent in my eyes. Like, I love this edge class, man. But regardless, Corlaftis, I mean, Jay alluded to it before. He's a power guy. And, you know, also going back to what Jay said, you know, if he, I believe the way he worded it was, like, if he struggles you know, if he's not as dominant as, you know, we expect, then the avenues to success for him aren't that big. And you know what? I see that a lot with these bigger edge rushers now. Like, I remember A.J. Epineza. Like, he's been pretty solid for the Bills. He wasn't a great athlete. He was a bigger edge. And guys like, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another guy from last year. Like, Boogie Basham, similar size. Although Basham did play with more finesse, Karlaftis is definitely more of a uh, thunder thundering player a blunt force object yes <laughs> that is a great analogy thank you for that jay but carlaftis you know he'll go right through you 
He'll go right through the tackle. I do think he has some elasticity to him. He's not a poor athlete by any stretch for a 275-pound guy. And, you know, he just lives in the backfield. He's a great form tackler. He's an outstanding run defender. And, you know, I feel like, man, if he had, like, some – if he was just a tick faster and if he was just, like, you know, finish some plays just a little bit more – if he had a higher pressure to sack ratio, I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's not that high, then I feel like this guy would be in everyone's top 15 in mocks. Like, I love Carl Aftis. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to ball out in the league. I don't think he's going to stand up. He's either a 4-3 end or a 5-tech and a 3-4, but um, I'm a big fan of his game. I am as well. And I'll, I'll just jump in on him right now. I have number three overall, but in the effort of saving time, I'll jump in right now. George Kolaftis, for a long time, has been one of my favorite players in this class. Ever since he was a freshman, I believe he was the 59th overall recruit in the class, wound up going to Purdue. Love to see it. Looked very athletic as a freshman. Looked less athletic last year. But that being said, getting COVID – then having lower body injuries and being double to triple teamed every single snap because you're the only defensive threat on an entire roster will make you look a little bit worse. I love this guy. He's my number three in the class, not my number one. So there are some areas that needs to improve. 6'4", 275, I think really walks around closer to 270. He's cut down to that. He was actually around 285 the year before. 47740 listed on a lot of the sites that we see right now. Number seven overall on Bruce Feldman's freak list. A couple things I want to say here. So one thing I want to say is he has the highest rate of double and of triple teams of any edges on this list by a fairly wide margin. I think that that's something that should be noted because that is dramatically going to affect counting stats and even affect pressures, things like that. That being said, he only has three tackles for loss, 1.5 sacks in five games, which is what it is. That being said, he has four pass defended, which I love to see. He does a tremendous job of getting his hands up and affecting the quarterback. And in terms of who he is as an athlete, I just kind of want to read what Bruce Feldman's blurb was on George Karloffis because it is absurd. One of the biggest recruits the Boilers have landed in the last decade, Karloffis began his career with a bang with 17 tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks in 2019 as a true freshman. He had two sacks in three games in abbreviated 2020, but expectations about him are soaring for 2021. Kalash is a remarkable all-around athlete. He played on the U16 Greek national water polo team, which is absurd. That's me putting in there as a 13-year-old. So U16 as a 13-year-old water polo in Greece, then became a two-time Indiana state champ in the shot put and started for three seasons on his high school basketball team. At 272 pounds, Karlaftis' body fat has dropped from 25% to 15% while at Purdue. He power cleans 380 pounds, did a 505-pound front squat, a 10-foot, 1-inch broad jump, a 37-inch vertical jump. His 40 this offseason was 4.69. As part of his preparation, he spends an hour a day doing hand-to-hand combat and MMA drills, an hour on rehab mobility exercises, and a third hour watching film. His position coach, Mark Hagen, has coached big-time players and says Karlaftis' overall commitment to being elite is as good as anyone he's ever been around in terms of proper nutrition, proper hydration, extra time in the training room to take care of his body, extra stretching, extra meeting, and extra video, extra drill work. Every day, I literally have to shut him down so he doesn't overtrain. 
And if I have ever seen a blurb that gets me hyped up about someone, that is it right there. I think the all around what he's been doing makes me even more excited about what he could become because the dude has been playing basketball, been playing water polo and still doing jujitsu and other forms of martial arts as part of his everyday routine. What's going to happen when he gets the NFL and he gets NFL coaching, NFL streamlining, and can just focus on one thing. I'm really excited about him, man. I, I, who he reminds me of, and he's, I only have two comps in this class right now, but if AJ Epinesa was a bit more turned up as an athlete, that's what I see for him. And I, I think that similarly, if he cuts his weight down just a little bit more, he will get that extra explosiveness and unlock potentially phenomenal, phenomenal production. So I think he's one of the highest four players in this class, probably the highest four player in this class. But I also think he has the upside to be a true impact player. I love him. I love him personally. Going on to the uh, my number five overall player, I have Adam Anderson. And I'm kind of surprised that I have him fifth overall just because coming into this year, I thought I was going to be higher on him. There's a lot to like with him, man. It's not a diverse lot to like, but there's a lot to like. Listed at a confirmed six foot four, two thirty one, so not a big guy. Even smaller than Nick Benito, uh, definitely skinnier. Probably some more room to add weight. That being said, he is freakishly long. He has an eighty two and a half inch reach. Pretty fast. Runs a four five eight forty. Uh, generates a ton of pressure. The pressure ratios aren't that high up because literally all he does is pass rush every single snap. So that's something that does affect him. He doesn't have the most diverse set of pass rushing skills. What he does is he times out the snap and gets north to south and into the backfield faster than almost anyone I've ever seen. And I think that's really all he does particularly well right now. And as a result, that's why he only has four and a half sacks despite 27 pressures. But that being said, if you're going to be a one-trick pony, this is the most valuable trick to have, I think, is getting upfield and disrupting quarterback timing. And he does it as well as anyone I've ever seen. And I do think that if he continues to become a better player over time, starts to learn that next level of what he can do, add a little bit of weight to his frame, this could be a true star, a true star in the league. So I, I really like him. There's a bit of me that's a little bit scared of what happens if he never takes that next step because he was a five-star coming out. He's not someone that came out of nowhere. He's getting very good coaching at Georgia. But that being said, if you're not saying Karloftis is the safest, he might be the safest because you already know he's going to be a third down specialist. And that's a valuable role in the NFL. You already know you're getting value out of him. I think he definitely goes first round. And I think that if you get him with the right defensive coordinator, this could be a really, really fun player. I, uh, I like him quite a bit, Zach. I see you have him as your number four overall. I'll let you talk about Anderson because I, I know he's someone you like quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have brought up one to five are all top 30 guys. One to four on this list are probably top maybe 18 guys. Um, Anderson, although not being my number one guy, is probably one of my top five favorite players in this class. I wish I could have him higher, but the size knocks him down. Just the fact that he there's a good chance he might not be an every down player. But you brought it up. I mean... The size is worrisome. I do believe he has the frame to fill out to like 240 plus pounds. Um, 
The first step is ridiculous. I mean, it might be the best first step I've ever seen. Like, it's scary. It's very, very scary. The speed around the edge, you brought up Alex, he has 27 pressures, and I get the four and a half sacks, so you like to see him convert him more, but this guy is an absolute fucking menace. This dude lives in the backfield, and, you know, I believe he had, like, the pressure rate last year, which has obviously gone down a little bit because he's playing more snaps. Nobody expected him to keep that rate. I believe in 130 pass rush snaps last year, he may have gotten, like, 31 pressures, which is, like, ungodly, absolutely insane, and... You know, like I said, no one's expecting him to do that, but, you know, he can cut to the inside pretty well. I definitely like him more than Benito. I feel like a lot of people like to compare those two. Um, Anderson's a better athlete, more agile, better as a pass rusher, better run defender, in my opinion. He's a first-round player all the way. Even if you, Even if you think he might only be a specialist, he's worth taking. I'm a bigger comp guy than you. If I had to give him one comp, it would honestly be Randy Gregory. Like, Randy Gregory was awesome. You know, on this size guy, you know, hopefully um, for Adam Anderson's sake, he could keep his head on straight a little more. But Gregory's kind of redeemed himself. He's carved out a decent NFL career in Dallas. So uh, I'm a big Adam Anderson fan. Go yeah, I like him. I see him as a bit of a poor man's Brian Burns, but I like that Gregory comp. I hadn't thought about that one. That, that, that's intriguing. That's intriguing. I've already talked about my number four. It was uh, Kingsley Anikbare. So I'm going to let Jay, uh, my Jay, Jay Markle, talk about his uh, number four overall player here. Uh, let him defend that rank. I, I think you tipped my hand a little there, didn't you? My number four <laughs> player is my Jay Sanders. Um, and right off the bat, I know you guys don't like him as much as I do, and I know why. He's not a hard hitter in space. He's not intimidating in the pocket, and he wins with explosiveness. But, oh, my God, is he explosive. And I really think he has better technical upside than Zach Harrison does. Uh, first of all, um, like Alex mentioned, Zach Harrison has received absolutely top-notch coaching from the time he's been a freshman. There's, there's zero question about the fact that his coaching has been the gold standard, and yet he hasn't taken that, that leap. I think the coaching difference between what Cincinnati has to offer and what the NFL have to offer is significantly greater than that that Harrison is receiving. Um, additionally, I don't think that Sanders has the same uh, um, mobility concerns that Harrison has when it comes to turning the, like, turning the edge and getting into the pocket. Uh, so um, that gives him considerably more upside when it comes to not upside but uh, uh, considerably boost my faith in his ability to put the physical pieces together um, I also appreciate the fact that it's very difficult for offensive linemen to actually get a hold of him when they do it doesn't always go well but avoiding that engagement in the first place is a very valuable trait in an edge rusher to me and that's what uh, he does and that's what he does well and I think he does it better than anyone in the class except Zach Harrison so um, to me, Sanders and Harrison are similar players on tape. Obviously, the measurables on Sanders are not as 
enticing as those on Harrison, and I don't think he has as high a ceiling as Harrison. But um, what they do, they do well, and I think uh, Sanders has a better chance to pop in the league than Harrison does, which is why I have him a little bit higher. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. and The only thing I want to push back on there is uh, a little bit of disrespect for uh, Larry Johnson's former boss at Ohio State, uh, Luke Fickle over there, who I think is a phenomenal defensive and defensive line coach and developer of talent. So I, I do think that my Jay Sanders has gotten pretty good coaching and potentially future NFL head coaching. But I, I agree with everything else he said there. Um, moving on. I'm going to let Jay talk about a guy we were just talking about, Adam Anderson. We got our pieces in. You're even higher than us on Adam Anderson, and I'd like to hear why. I am higher on you than Adam Anderson because I think it's a little unfair to call him a one-trick pony. I understand where you're coming from with that um, in that he only rushes the passer, but the ways that he wins when it comes to rushing the passer – are more varied than you were giving him credit. Um, he's generally unbothered at the point of attack. His start, stop, and change of direction are all spectacular. And uh, um, he's he has the seeds uh, of the technicality that he doesn't really demonstrate right now. Uh, I, I really have faith in his ability to grow as a technician in the NFL considerably more so than other players in this class. Um, because that start and stop and change of direction are present at such a uh, very, very high level, um, once he gets the mental side of the game more put together, not that it isn't put together right now, but once he gets that that streamlining, like you were saying, uh, it, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to disagree with you, but we don't really disagree. I, I just think he, I, I appreciate his upside more than you do, and that's all it comes down to is that um, I, I, I think he has a better chance of hitting his ceiling than you do. But, of course, we agree that he's incredible, so I don't need to try to convince you of that. That's, that's fair. That's super fair. And, yeah, we're all pretty close on him. I think we see pretty similar players, just the order in which that impacts is slightly different. Yeah, already talked um, about George Carlin. Go ahead. Sorry, just uh, some breaking news right here live on Juicy Deets, even though it's not coming out live. Um, I'm sure breaking news. haven't checked your phones, but some pretty awful, more awful emails came out from Las Vegas Raiders coach John Gruden. And he, oh, no. according to Tom Pelissero, um, John Gruden just informed his staff that he plans to resign as a Raiders coach. So. John no way! What? I've I've been reading some of this stuff. Um, the ten-year, hundred million-dollar contract, too. Like two hundred. What is he like? It's bad. It is. Um, Whoa! It's, no, it, it's uh, it's very bad. But you gotta link figured, that in here. You know, I gotta. Oh no! Break some news. You know. Damn it! I wanted news. to like Gruden too. I want to. Yeah, you might want to edit that out, buddy. <laughs> I, that's the thing is, I, I, I want to, and I, that's, there's no way you can do that when that happens. I'm not, yeah, yeah. No. Well, when you guys, when we're done recording, you can read it and you'll be like, oh, yikes. That sucks. That sucks. Uh, what doesn't suck is Zach's number three overall player. 
Drake Jackson, because we're doing segues today. Seamless oh, yeah. transition. That was slick, man. Yeah, that was slick. Um, but yeah, I definitely like Drake Jackson more than you guys. Um, six foot four, 250, 265, just an insane recruit. Um, believe he was a five star. Guys, kind of alluded to it before. I won't waste that much time. But, you know, I just really appreciate him as a, appreciate him as a pass rusher. I get he's he's kind of a frustrating guy. I love him, but I still think he's a little frustrating because I think he could use his bend more. There's no reason why Drake Jackson can't use his bend more, especially as an outside linebacker. I look at a guy like him, and I definitely think he's gotten stronger. His pass rushing acumen has definitely shot up this year. Um, the pressure rate has gone up. You know, he's improving. He's a guy... That and the run defense is awesome. You know, he gets in the backfield, he's a great tackler. You know, playing a little upright, lacking that bend. But like I said, I mean, I just wish he could get more confident, do it more. I have a feeling Alex isn't gonna like this comp, but I actually really like it. I I like Harold Landry with Jerry Jackson, man. I think those two are similar players, similar flaws. You know, and that would be a really good ceiling. I'm pretty sure I saw a tweet from, I believe it was Mike Renner of uh, PFF, who said Harold Landry has been the only guy in the NFL this year who has at least five pressures in every game that he's played this year. So that's a guy who's really shut up, and Drake Jackson has a chance to get up to that level. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, he's leading the league in pressures right now. That's, that's not a terrible call. I have no issue with that whatsoever. Yep. Moving on to number <laughs> Oh, go ahead. My bad. I was going to say now it's time to go to um, number two and number one. And ho- I hope the listeners appreciated the, uh, you know, divide and debate between spots 10 to three because we're chalk right here. Yeah, it's chalk. Number two overall, everyone on this podcast, Aiden Hutchinson, who, if you want to say who has been the best edge player in college football this year, I, I think he has to be the pick. I think he has to be the pick. He destroyed my soul as a fan of the Huskies when he played us. He he was an absolute dominant force. Uh, numbers on the year aren't as dominant as what he's been. He had 24 tackles, six tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, and uh, forced fumble in six games. Does not do justice how dominant he's been. Uh Number two overall on Feldman's freak list, definitely a phenomenal athlete, has dropped a ton of weight, still weighs 265, 6'6", 265, legitimate. Dropped a ton of weight, looking a lot more explosive. Listed is expected to run about a 474. I think he's probably quicker than that now. I do think that if I have one concern, he's not as long as you would expect for someone his size. Someone who's 6'6", with... Uh, a lot of his traits, sub 80 inch, just barely, but a sub 80 inch reach overall and sub uh, sub 33 inch arm. So if there's one concern when you're nitpicking someone that's probably going to go top 10, that's it for me. I'll let uh, I'll let Zach jump in on Aiden uh, Hutchinson first here. Yeah, I mean, I will say I really love Hutchinson. He was a guy that I thought may come out last year and be like a second, third round pick. But when he said he was returning to school, I was like, oh, this guy has a chance of being a top 15 pick. Uh, as Alex said, number one on uh, Feldman's freak list. The thing with him, though, which is a little frustrating, you know, and I was surprised because when I, re- I love reading that, I'm pretty sure all of us read it. It's really cool to see, like, you know, the best athletes in college football. 
I saw him at number one. I was like, oh, really? And that's not to say I thought Aiden Hutchinson was a bad athlete. I just didn't think it popped that much. Just for his word, number two. Evan Neal. Evan Neal. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. You know, it's, I thought Neal was two and Hutchinson was one, so that's my fault. But regardless, I mean, he that's felt, Bruce Feldman saying that Aiden Hutchinson is the second best athlete in college football. I didn't really see that on tape. Like I said, not a bad athlete, but, you know, people are obviously going to make the J.J. Watt comparison. And I really don't see that. Uh, he does a lot of things similarly to Watt. It's silly to compare him to a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But, you know, I mean, his speed to power and vice versa is outstanding. He absolutely, I'm sorry to continue giving you PTSD, Alex. He completely took Jackson Kirkland to the cleaners. Um, that was a disgusting performance. You no can't offense. hurt me. The bad man already did. With all due respect. But, um, no, yeah, I like Hutchinson. Um, as I was saying before, the gap between him and some of these other guys isn't big. You know, he's definitely been the best pass rusher in college football this year. And I think he's definitely worked his way into a top 15 selection. And I'll even go as far to say I think he'll look wonderful in Detroit Lions blue. So, yeah. (laughs) He definitely fits that mindset, which is a perfect transition to uh, Jay. Anything you want to add that hasn't been brought up on uh, Hutchinson? Um, The only thing I wanted to add is that I really appreciated his ability to identify and fill holes, uh, plug gaps in the offensive line, um, and maybe take advantage of the openings that were intended for running backs. Um, I, I really agree with a lot of what Zach said about the athleticism not popping on tape. I think a lot of people in the sports world tend to just toss around the world the word elite, not really using it to its correct definition. Um, And I've seen people say he has an elite first step or that he has some other elite athletic trait. It really doesn't show up when you watch one film. He has elite effort. He plays with just unbelievable motor. And that makes up for the slight, slight lack of athleticism on tape. But as Zach was saying, he's going to look fantastic (laughs) if he winds up in Detroit Lions blue. I'd be very comfortable with him anywhere in the top 10, maybe even higher in this, in this draft class. Very good edge rusher. Um, he has a wonderful combination of floor and ceiling. And if it weren't for the existence of our number one guy, I think Aiden Hutchinson would get a lot more uh, hype around his name. Um, he just has the misfortune of needing to be stacked up against uh, the other fantastic edge rusher in this draft. Yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, I do like his first step, I think, a little bit more than you do. But I uh, just want to say 13.4% pressure rate, top five, also top five in win rate and uh, pressures total. And just want to list off a couple of the things that were uh, listed about him as an athlete. Uh, since cutting weight, reportedly running around a 4.640, a mid-30s vertical, uh, got a bench over 30 in the bench, and so supposedly – with a 6.543 cone, uh, which is pretty ridiculous, and a 4.07 shuttle. So if he actually does test like that, it would be truly ridiculous. Uh, Moving on. Can I cut in for a second? Sure. Did either of you guys watch the Rutgers tape from this year, 2021 Rutgers tape? Not the Rutgers game, no. no. That was 
a lot of fun. If you get a chance, I would definitely recommend <laughs> that game because he performed very well against Rutgers. I definitely it's, will. I'm sure it will bring back traumatic flashbacks for me. <laughs> Number one overall, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who has been talked about, in my opinion, like he is something better than what he is, but what he is Here is a go. very good player. I, I think he's a very good player. I do not think he's a generational talent. I don't I don't get that personally, but here comes the Washington fan just completely. It has nothing to do with him being at Washington. <laughs> it has to do with the fact that he does not know how to make the most of his traits yet. He doesn't. I, I don't think that anyone would say Kayvon Thibodeau. Now there's a technically refined player. And I think in order to be that Miles Garrett level generational talent at edge, which is the hardest position to be truly generational in, in my opinion, because there are so many phenomenal I, I edges. I disagree whoa, whoa, with whoa, that. Whoa. I disagree with that. I would say so? corner. Corner. Are you sure? Corner because position. how okay, how many guys in the last 10 years would you say were generational potentially at the corner situation? I feel like maybe two or three players. Whereas edge, it feels like someone says someone's generational every single year. But didn't you say it was harder to be generational? At That's the thing. In order to – so a generational player is the best player in an entire generation. And they throw that generational label on an edge every single year. Yeah, but we don't do that because we're not fools. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why Kayvon Thibodeau is a blue chip but not a generational player, and I will die on this hill if I have to. I expect him to live up there and build a nice house. It's like the same thing. It's not. Very different. It's very different. Okay. In my opinion, but he's on that Bradley Chubb level for me. Sucks he got injured. He is one of the best players I have seen ever, in my opinion, at just getting pressure somehow, some way, willing into existence. Phenomenal athlete, notably left off the Bruce Feldman streak list, which surprised me a little bit, especially considering Justin Flo was on the list. But that being said, ton of pressure. Measurables are phenomenal. 6'4, 250, 34 and one eighth inch arms. Almost 10 inch hands, over 80 inch reach, the burst, the bend, the agility, the lateral movement, everything you want to see from a movement and size profile is there in spades. Good run defender. I just think it's a thing of is he going to get that technical refinement to become a true star player, or is he just going to be a very good player? And that's the kind of that's the kind of debate you want to be having when you're drafting someone. Are they just going to be really good or are they going to be an all-pro? And I think that's what we're talking about with Kayvon Thibodeau. Anyone have any takes on Thibodeau that they're dying to put out? I feel like everyone knows what they think about him right now. So, I mean, Jay, if you want to go first, you can. You know that old meme from like 2009 where that one house had the Christmas lights up and the other wrote ditto? And I I, I basically agree with everything Alex said. Uh, I think he is being overhyped to a certain extent. (laughs) It's like the Derek Jeter phenomenon where someone can be incredible and also overhyped at the same time. Thibodeau is incredible. I'm so um, here for Derek Jeter hate. Let's go. <laughs> Christmas lights ditto I'm, meme. I'm a, I'm, a Met, I'm a Mets fan, so I mean, like, I, you're right. I did not expect to hear the Kayvon Thibodeau Derek Jeter comp, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I can say, though, that Alex didn't just say, because my, my evaluation of him is exactly the same. So Zach, anything you want to you want to add before we uh, jump into our honorable mentions? Uh yeah, I mean, like I'm probably higher on Thibodeau. I don't know, man. I just watched him, and yeah, he could get a little better t- 
you know, technically you could overshoot sometimes, but I feel like it's very, very hard for him to not win a rep that he's on. And, you know, obviously he's not a perfect prospect. As I mentioned, he has some things to work on, but you know, when he's at his aim, when he is on his a game, he deserves to be in that Von Miller chase young miles Garrett here. He was the best player I watched over the summer. He is either one or two this year. He has not fallen that far. The only reason he would fall to two is because of a uh, specific safety out of Notre Dame, Mr. Kyle Hamilton, who is probably, yeah, he probably is my number one prospect in this class. Um, Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's a generational talent. That is a generational talent. That is like, Derwin James on crack, but we're not doing the safety podcast. We're doing the edge podcast, but yeah, I mean, super fun. So are we going to get into some honorable mentions right now? We are starting off Jay as our guest, you get first crack honorable mention. Well, thank you. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, I, for my honorable mention, I figured I saw you guys had a bunch of guys written down. So I just picked one and it's a guy who I've not heard anyone talk about. I haven't seen written about anywhere. Um, but when I watched his film, I was I wasn't blown away, but I did get a draftable grade on him. So I would say that qualifies him as a sleeper because I haven't seen him talk about like that anywhere else. I've got Will McDonald out of Iowa State. Um, what I appreciated about him is that he was really hard to get a hold of. Uh, I I think that he has a nice ability to read plays, especially on the weak side. Doesn't always have the physical ability to do much about it, but. Um, He's, he generally is doing the right thing off the snap. And he has a, he has a nice spin move. Uh, there are some negatives. He's overly patient. I think he's consistently misused by Iowa State. At the pro level, he's going to be a designated pass rusher, more than likely, uh, third down only. And he doesn't handle strength super well, so I wanted to see him get stronger and be more willing to pull the trigger. But for a day three guy, not a bad pull, um, and I think he's going to improve quite a lot with professional coaching and scheming. Muted. Yep, you're right. Uh, he is someone that I watched as well. I, I did not personally love him. I, I liked his 2020 tape a lot better than this year. Uh, it didn't show up for me this year, but you never know. He, he's the guy that was on a lot of people's uh, radars coming into the year, and I'm sure on some NFL teams as well. Zach, I will give you next crack. Who do you want to talk yeah, about? Okay, so one guy that I'll talk about, um, you know, I brought up – we're only going to do one guy each, but, you know, I brought up the Florida guys. Uh, the other Georgia guy, Nolan Smith, has looked a lot improved this year. I had Isaiah Thomas on my honorable mention list. Let me go to the Big 12 here and go to Texas Christian University and get a guy who I watched over the summer who I really liked as a potential mid-round pick, third, fourth-round grade for me, O'Shawn Mathis. He's a fourth-year junior, goes to TCU, six feet, six foot five, 247 pounds. Uh, not the best athlete projected to run a 4.72, shows up on tape. But, you know, he was excellent last year for the Horned Frogs. He had... Nine sacks, 33 total pressures, and just an all-around good player. I thought he used his length well. I thought he got to the outside. Um, the Ben was super impressive. He's not at the same pressure rate he is this year, so there's a chance he may come back. But 
you know, in an edge class, I definitely think he could squeak into the top 100 because he is such a very technically sound player. He's a guy that I look at, and for some reason, I mean, we always love to watch, like, these high-end talents, but I just love watching, like, defensive line talent where guys, like, do their job. They know their role. They know what they got to do. They have solid production, and O'Shawn Mathis is a guy to me that I feel like he could get drafted in the league. He could be, like, an eight-year vet for a team just as, like, a third rotational pass rusher for them. I really like the kid. Love to hear it. Love the passion. Uh, and TCU has produced a lot of really fun edge rushers with their very weird defensive scheme. I want to talk about a lot of guys, but we do not have the time here. Uh, it kills me to do it. Got to go one guy. And I'm going to go with Sam Williams from Ole Miss just because the ceiling is so high with him. I think he might be the premier size speed guy in this class. 6'4", 265 confirmed. 4.53 expected 40, which is absolutely absurd. Zach Harrison's the only other guy on his level at all from that standpoint. Off-field issues are loud, 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 loud. Multiple, including a sexual battery charge in 2019. Juco transfer, showing up really well at Ole Miss. He is super, super raw, sushi raw, as we like to call it. Does have five sacks in five games. Having a nice year. I think he's a year away. He's off-field, might drop him off team sports completely, might not, but the traits are top 15 traits. There's no doubt about that. So he's someone to watch, especially playing in the SEC. He will have a chance to put his name on some boards this year, and he's going to test out of this world. So that will wrap up our Edge podcast here. Fun group of guys. Fun group of guys here. Love doing this. Loaded class. Loaded class. Loaded class. Loaded podcast. Zach, a pleasure as always. You can find Zach at NFL underscore Deets. Jay, nice talking football with you instead of baseball for once. You can find Jay at the better Markle. That is Markle, M-A-R-K-L-E on Twitter. I'm Alex Jensen. Some people call me Juicy. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen. You can find our podcast at Juicy Deets NFL on Twitter, where Zach is slaving away putting stuff up every day appreciate you listening appreciate all the five-star reviews definitely want to get some feedback from people feel free to blow up zach's dms if you hate what you're hearing and if you love what you're hearing you can just send that my way uh (laughs) but we appreciate all of you appreciate your time and uh love to hear some feedback this is a fun one you guys have a great rest of your evening and uh let's go watch some monday night football Sounds yes, sir. Good. Jay, you got anything to plug? Uh, you know, not really. Uh, if there's Gators fans listening, check out Gators Wire. It's sort of a pet project of a friend of mine. Other than that, I haven't been doing much sports work lately. So just have fun, man. Well, we appreciate you giving us or working with sports for us tonight, bro. Yeah, I miss it a lot. I miss it a lot. I know my rankings were very different than your guys's, but quite honestly – Aside from a, maybe one or two players, I don't think there's a wrong way to grade this group just because there's so many good ones out there. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Love it. Thanks for coming on. Until next time, this has been Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. Me and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, it's for the noise plate section. <laughs>